Hello, and welcome to Climbing on the Bookshelf. This is my first, well actually no, it's my second episode, um, because the first one was my little introduction, of my mounting literature reading review. So, here we go. Um, it's the 11th of February, 2021, um, and as there only a, are only a few weeks left in the winter climbing season, I thought it was rather apt to review and read a winter-themed book. That book is Winter 8000 by Bernadette MacDonald. She's written 11 mountaineering and mountain culture books and has several awards to her name. She's won the Boardman Tasker Award twice, which is, I guess, like the Oscars of the Mount of Mountain Literature. I've not read any of her other books, but I'm hoping... Um, and sure, it's going to be great. I'm now going to read a couple of extracts from the book that I've chosen. I think sum up the feel of the stories about climbing the highest peaks in winter. I'll start with a short summary of the book and then I'll go on to read my extracts. Of all the games mountaineers play on the world's highest mountains, the hardest and cruelest is climbing the 14 peaks over 8,000 metres in winter. This book tells the story of how Poland's ice warriors made winter climbing their own, perfecting what they call the art of suffering as they fought their way to the summit of Everest in 1980, the first 8,000 metre peak to be climbed in winter. What it was that inspired the Poles to take up this brutal game, how increasing numbers of climbers from other nations were inspired to enter the arena, leaving just one awaiting a winter ascent the meanest of them all, K2. Winter 8000 is the story of true adventure at its most demanding. Um, the first winter ascent wasn't until 1980, uh, and the final one only last month. Yes, January last month, 2021. I think it was the 16th of January. So it took 14 years, an average of about one a year, to climb them in normal conditions. And then in winter conditions, it's taken, since the first one was done, it's taken 41 years to do them in winter. I guess that tells you how much harder it is to climb in winter. That's an average of about one every three-ish years. I guess, does that mean to do it in winter is three times harder? I think not. It's probably a lot more. Anyway, let's get back to the book and I'll read a couple of extracts now. Winter 8000 by Bernadette MacDonald When you contemplate the reality of climbing in winter at 8000 metres, the scale of the challenge becomes almost abhorrent. Gasping for oxygen in the thin air, throbbing headaches and retching stomachs are common at high altitude in any season, but winter accentuates the problem. Temperatures at 8000 metres in winter defy understanding. It's so cold your lungs feel as if they're burning. Eyelashes become coated in rime and cling together. Exposed skin freezes in minutes. Your extremities are horribly vulnerable, and if immobile or constricted in any way, can freeze as solid as wood. Fingers and toes die, turn black and must be amputated. It wraps itself around you and around your mind, and then begins ever so slowly to squeeze. It's terrifying. There is little colour in the high mountains in winter, only thirty shades of white, gradations of grey and black as black. 
the variations of white provide a frame of reference for snow quality, avalanche risk and all kinds of clues that can help you survive. Rarely, the heavy sky splits wide to reveal a startling blue so deep you could drown in it, luring alpinists into action for a day or two of good weather. And then it's back to grey. Winter is darkness, winter days are short, and those long winter nights feel like forever. In a tent at 7,000 metres, nights are not only long, but filled with loneliness and uncertainty. During an open bivouac at 8,000 metres, prolonged darkness arouses emotions that can overwhelm you. Fear, paranoia, even malice. These icy winter adventures are bursting with intensity and excitement, but what about the collateral damage, the injuries, the deaths, the families left behind? How many toes and fingers have been lost to frostbite? How many lives were cut short, snuffed out in a storm, lost in a fall or buried in an avalanche? How many lives have been... OK, well that kind of hopefully sums up um, what the book is about, about how hard it is to climb in winter. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's my choice of extracts um, that I've just read. It's not a depressing book at all. In fact, it celebrates how strong humans are, and if they put their mind to it, what can be achieved, even in the worst conditions. In the book, there are 14 chapters, each one containing stories of how each summit was gained, 10 of which were done by Polish climbers. I guess it's just an unfortunate time when it was written and published um, because it doesn't kind of have that finality about it because at the time it was published, K2 hadn't been summited in winter. Um, but it's, yeah, I... I I, I don't get me wrong. I, I really did like the book a lot, but it's just a shame. There's no. It's just a shame that 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 K two section wasn't complete and summited in the book. Um, but again, that was just when the book was written and when it was published and released. That's all. It's not a a, um, a criticism of the book. Well, it, well, it kind of is, but it's still a great book. Don't you know? It's great. It's really really good. On another little side note. Um, I'm wondering if, um, since the first 8,000er was summited in 1950, um, and it's taken this long to do them in normal season and winter season, so that's 71 years, I wonder if there's anybody out there that has got it in their mind to do both in a normal season and a winter season. I know that um, the guy Nermal Perger or Nims, as they as everyone calls him, has done all the f all the eight thousand meter peaks plus this recent K two summit in winter and this January. So I guess all he's got to do is the other thirteen in winter that remain for him anyway. And then he would have done it considerably quicker than the 71 years that everybody else in the entire world has taken to do this. But just a thought, that's all. The book also has details of the Polish climbers and the mountains as well. Um, and there are a few nice colour pictures in the middle um, of the climbers, all looking very pleased or concerned with themselves. 
um, which is quite a nice touch really it's quite nice to to come across that when you've been reading it so overall it's a really really nicely written well put together thought out book even if you weren't into climbing this would be a great starting point for you to get into mountaineering literature um there was a slight section there when i kind of rambled a bit but i think you get the gist of what the book is about and i hope you go out and buy it um or at least have a look at it online um if you have any comments or questions about this show uh please get in touch via twitter um which is at climbing bookshelf or you can do the old fashioned way and send me an email on climbing on the bookshelf at gmail.com if you want to check out the book um it's published by vertebrate publishing um they're generally um a climbing and outdoor publisher they've got a plethora of yes i said plethora um this is one of them and they've got lots more to choose from so if you're an outdoors person it's worth checking them out they've got guides and mountain biking guides and all that sort of stuff so check them out at v-publishing.co.uk um so that's it my first book done i hope you've enjoyed the episode and i'll see you next time with another book review mm-hmm.